You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, a podcast for music fans where musicians and friends share some drinks and talk about the top 12 songs by an artist without all that technical jargon. Join us for episode 50. This week's artist, Scorpions. The band started in 1964 in Hanover, Germany, but didn't get signed until after they won a contest in 1972, which put them into the studio for the first time. Deciding to record in English, which most German fans thought was crazy. They are crazy! <laughs> but they said it in German, though. <laughs> this set them on a path which led them to 18 studio albums, with a new album coming out in 2021. Their recording spanned over six decades while they've played as Scorpions for parts of seven. Over this time, Scorpions went through more drummers than Spinal Tap, enjoyed virtuoso guitar playing from three amazing lead players, a great vocalist who almost lost his voice, and one ever-present composer and guitarist, Rudolf Schenker, becoming one of the best bands in the world, starting in the 1980s. So let's join the discussion with the bad boys running wild, your hosts, Rob Heitman, Jeff Stewart, and master of the keyboards, Jason Weck. Hey, welcome to the Dirty Dozen podcast, where we will rank the Dirty Dozen or Top 12 Scorpion songs while discussing their music and pounding back a few brews. I'm Rob. <laughs> Are you going to do that the whole time? No, I'm not. Okay, I'll stop. Good. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> I, will, I will try to stop. It's really hard. As I was, We were talking before. I was watching one of these documentaries, and it was in German, and I have a German heritage. Listening to it for an hour and a half, I started speaking like this, and I didn't even realize it, and then, and, and it just kind of rolls. So anyway. Well, that's I'll fine. If we do it thin, Lizzie, I'll do my Irish accent the whole time. Oh, my wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> what do I I'm Jeff. No, say it with the Irish accent. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Oh, I need a couple no. more beers in me. Oh. Yeah, no, I can't. No. Okay, we're, we're going to ask her for an Irish accent later. Yes, yes. my Northern Ireland. <laughs> I can say mommy and dad. Mommy, daddy. That's all I can do. That's it. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Jason, you said hi, right? I'm sorry. I, was... uh, I didn't know. I, hi, I'm Jason. I don't have an accent. <laughs> but he looks like Chuck Norris, so just picture that hey, while he's yeah. talking. Mission accomplished, then. <laughs> so, Jason, we'll start with you. You're the youngest of the crew here. How did you first hear of the Scorpions? Man, being the youngest, most of my exposure to the Scorpions was off of songs that got a lot of radio play. My first album was the Bad for Good compilation album in 2002, and then I bought the Platinum Collection, and I think it was released in 2005. And that's when my eyes were just really open to the incredible amount of talent and diversity that Scorpions had. So ever since then, I've been a huge fan. Every time a Scorpion song comes on, you know, whether it's I'm playing on iTunes, the radio, whatever it is, I just turn it up and let it roll. Yeah, for me, I was a metalhead in the uh, in the '80s, pretty much, and that was one of the bands that came across. It was like Judas Priest. Oh, look, here's Scorpions. Let's listen to them. And I really got into them for a little bit, and I bought a lot of their albums. I think Blackout was where I started. Yeah. Up until like Crazy World, and then I kind of lost it. And I, I was telling this before, I sold all my CDs, but I picked up the best of Rockers and Ballads because I needed a CD to be in my CD changer in my car <laughs> <laughs> back in those sort of days. That's a while ago, but it was good for like 10 years. It was always there. Yeah. They were German, so that was always a big selling point for me. But Jeff is a little bit more into the Scorpions than uh -huh. the other two of us, I think. So Jeff, how did you first hear well, the Scorpions? I, mean, it, I think just from an age standpoint, it was blackout, right? I was probably 13. I really didn't get into them until I was about, I think it was 15. A buddy of mine at school turned me on to them. And that was right after Love of First Thing came out. But that wasn't the album. It was the 70s stuff that kind of pulled me in. It was blackout backwards okay. for me. We'll talk about that as we go through, but those are the ones that kind of hit me. I think it was, it's Klaus's voice, which is so unique. I remember reading an article in Guitar Player, you know, or Krang or something where it was, you know, no one sounds like Scorpions. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, it's the dual guitar. It's that soaring voice. You know, Tom Docking like could have. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Anyway, so that, no, that's, that's kind of my story. story. That's my story. I guess, Jeff, we'll stay with you real quick. Yep. Without discussing a specific song, right. is there anything you learned about the Scorpions when you prepared for this that you didn't know before? I think I did learn one thing. One song stood out for me that I didn't realize the meaning of. I really liked it, but I didn't know what the meaning was. So I was watching a documentary on, I think, 50 years, right? Okay. So they yeah. went back and they did a few things. It's them sitting on a couch. It's Julian Klaus yeah, yeah. and then Rudolph is sitting by himself and they bring Herman in on occasion. And Yuli was talking about one of the songs off of, I think it's off Virgin Killer, but boy, I don't have it in my head. I wasn't prepared for this question. And he's like, oh, that's the song I wrote about Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we, yeah in it, the light or something. In like, the light. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, in your light. Hmm. In your light. Yeah. In when it was light. something like that. That's it. So I'm reading my, like, oh, I didn't realize that because 
I always thought Yuli was really thoughtful, and he's mentioned before in a couple of interviews about some some of his faith. People have questioned on some things, and he's answered back, which I always thought was interesting. So when I heard that, I'm like, hmm, okay, that just it was something I didn't I didn't know before, and it kind of pieced a few puzzle pieces together for me. Yeah, that that actually was kind of mine too. Oh, was I, it okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that yeah. one, I was like, what? The Scorpions yeah. did a, yeah. a Christian song. How yeah. did that ever happen? And the only other thing is. In a general sense, mm -hmm. I, I got back initiated into their earlier stuff. Right. When before the Yuli stuff, mm -hmm. I, I hadn't been as into. Yep. As I said, mm -hmm. Blackout Forward, yep. pretty much. And then Rockers did not yep. have any Yuli on it. It was just kind of interesting to get into that. Yep. And I was like, oh my gosh, look at that. That was just amazing. So him, generally. So yeah. Jason, what about you? I think the biggest thing for me was just realizing how many different twists and turns and shapes the band took over the four decades that it's been around. I mean, how many mm -hmm. different people have come in, have left, come back in, you know, the fact that most of the members were this members of this band called Don road. And then they decided to take on the name of scorpions. Cause Hey, minus like one or two people were essentially, you know, right. most of the scorpions. So yeah. that was fascinating for me. Cause I think I had this assumption that, Oh, you've got band and it's these guys and they're, they're playing. But the evolution of all that is just was, that was fascinating. Yeah, you learned quite a bit about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're drinking today. Uh, we figured we're doing the Scorpions. So let's drink something Scorpion-like. We're drinking Stone Scorpion Bowl IPA. So what do you think so far? It's a punch to the stinger, according to what it says here at the That's bar. right. I was looking at the exact yeah. same thing. I'm not an IPA fan, but this is actually pretty good. I am an IPA fan, and this is pretty good. So there we go. It's pretty good. See, deep, detailed beer beer discussions here. <laughs> yes. It's, yeah, it's very poppy. Yep, very hoppy. I've had worse, though. I don't like super hoppy, and I've had some, you know, tastes like a potpourri, you know. <laughs> this is not a, a hardcore IPA. It's just, it has that sort of a light sort of feel. It's good That's for... I like it. If you want to start getting into IPAs, I think this is a decent one to go with. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree. Because it's not going to go, you know, hit you over the head like Jeff was saying. So, before we begin, we will be critically reviewing songs we will share until 20 seconds of each tune, unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we may need to highlight, and then we may do a second clip. We have made Apple Music on Spotify playlists. Just search official Dirty Dozen on either service to listen to each of their lists in their entirety. This way, all the money for playing tunes will always head back to the Scorpions. We have created a current episode Dirty Dozen podcast playlist, which will automatically update with each podcast to the current podcast. So subscribe once and always be updated. The good thing about that is now people may pay attention to that. <laughs> that was why I went with it. It's like yeah. people, that sounds different from every other time you've ever done that. I was so, just going to say, you promised. I know, I, I did. But that, I, that wasn't me now. That was me then. Oh, yeah, oh, that was you in the past. That, that was, was me in the past. That, that was, was prior to the promise. That was yeah. past, Rob. I watched Tenet. I, thought, that, I don't need a time time shifting thing now. My head that was brain time shifting. You can't, can't lose it all. No. Uh, we're simplifying the cast today. Uh, if, in case you've missed these last couple episodes. Uh, instead of each person reviewing their top 12, we'll discuss the official Dirty Dozen for the Scorpions only, which is calculated from all of our lists. And we'll go from 12 to 1, nice and simple. Before we get going with the list, we'll each discuss a song that wouldn't be in our top 12, but we'd still like to discuss. We call this our Song of Note. So let's start with Jeff. What's your Song of Note? Longing for Fire. Okay. It's off of Entrance. It, to me, is the quintessential song of Scorpions in the 70s. So it's power chords over great melody with soaring vocals and a fabulous solo. The solo is really the only thing that saves it for me on this one. No. The bass line was kind of cool too. It's got a cool bass line, but that's mm -hmm. not typical of them. No. So that's why I didn't that's why I didn't throw it in that list. But I think it has cool melody and it's Yuli getting into his best. Um, even though this is one of the earlier albums. Yeah, his legato in it is amazing. Just his runs and just the the way he weaves the melody in. Yuli's the guitarist, by the way. Yes. So you'll, you guys will figure that out as we talk through. We won't talk through. So Yuli Roth. You, and this you, is off in trance, right? It's off in trance. Last song in the album, I believe. I, I liked the song when I listened to it. I'll be honest. It wasn't one of the first ones I listened to. It, was, it felt like a deeper track for me. That's why it's the song That's why note. it's that song note, right? Yeah. That one thing that you pointed out about the, the bass lines, it's just interesting to see throughout all of the Scorpions' work how the bass changes. There are some patterns, some years and albums where the bass has a very specific role and a very defined role, and you can hear that. And then every once in a while, a track will come up, and you start hearing the bass doing some amazing things. And it's the same guy. 
it's Francis from Flight and Rainbow all the way to, I think, 93. He came over with Yuli from Don Road. This yeah. song this has a great bass line. But anyway, it's Longing for Fire. And you have to listen to Soul. I'm I'm doing this for those of you out there who don't know who Yuli Roth is. Yulich John Roth. If you don't know who that is, you need to start listening to some of this stuff. The great thing about the song is it's marked for you. He has two solos in this song. One is at one minute and one is at two minutes. Wow. It, <laughs> so it's like dead set or something. That was like, nice of him. So you could just jump to one minute, listen, <laughs> jump to two minutes, listen, and then turn it off. And some of Scorpion's <laughs> best songs are showruns. This song is two minutes and 47 seconds. I, it's it's quite a bit less than three minutes. So yeah, it doesn't take long to get through this one. All right. So let's listen to Jeff's song of note, Longing for Fire off of Entrance. <laughs> Okay, that's Longing for Fire. And I'm going to make sure you hear at least a little bit of the solo in that. Yeah, that's 1975, people. You have to understand. And I'll say it now in case some of the songs don't come up. There's no Yngwie Malmsteen if it wasn't for Yuli And Rock. there's a lot of things that yeah. I, that we may talk about later. Yeah. yeah. All right. Going back to that bass line, that's got a very Rush feel to it. Very giddy Lee. That was listen. actually mentioned in a few things that I read, that it was a very fly-by-night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think that's kind of where they were going with Yuli for a little bit. That's where Yuli was going. Yeah, that's where Yuli he was going. He dragged the rest of them that way. That's kind of why it... It, it fell it, apart. He, yeah, well, yeah. it actually didn't fall apart. They left amicably, yeah. but he wanted to go in a different direction. And if you listen to his stuff after Scorpions, you'll know what that direction is. He wasn't a pop guy. <laughs> Not in the slightest. <laughs> Not a hair metal guy or anything. All right, Jason, let's talk about yours. All right. So for my song of note, I went with a Who cover called I Can't Explain. And of course, being the younger person, I was one of those people that listened to that song, just uh, flat out loved it, had no idea it was a cover, and went and looked for it. <laughs> and then I realized, hey, wait a minute, somebody else wrote this. And so I listened to the Who version, it was good, and then I went back and listened to the Scorpions version, and I thought it was just way better. The, the weight of the guitars, the energy behind it, the effects on the snare drum just drove it home for me. And so because it's a cover, it's not something I'm going to put in a top 12, but I still think it's a great piece that they, that they put together, and so that's my song and note. This song was actually created because they were asked to contribute a song to Stairway to Heaven, Highway to Hell, which supported addiction recovery. Yeah, it was an anti-drug album that they put out. Yeah, and it had to be from a band or artist who died from drug abuse. Mm. And Keith Moon had right. passed away already, so that's the one they picked. They probably all beat down on cocaine when they recorded it, but, you know, it was an anti-drug album. <laughs> a bit of an irony there. Yeah. <laughs> well, the rock you, and rollers to do if it. If you look yeah. at the album, I've already played on it, it's like, oh, there's not a, you know, everyone in there is, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, this was actually a really good song, too. I thought they did a good tribute to the original. Yep. So they didn't do it crazy, they didn't change too much in it, but I think it was a, a nice tip to the cap. Yep. Bit so. of trivia, if you want. Jimmy Page played the guitar solo in the original oh, okay. uh, Who version. He was a studio musician at the time. No way. That's yep. interesting. All right, let's listen to Can't Explain. Another inane fact from Jeff. <laughs> Hold on to your hats, everybody. <laughs> anyway, well, let's listen to I Can't Explain off of Best of Rockers and Ballads. That's the Scorpions album that's on. Jason's Song of Note. All right. I can't explain. No. I Actually, that was one of the ones that I thought about putting as my song of note. It was a fun, poppy song. Yeah, it was know? great. Yeah. They did a good job of the original. If that was their song, it would have been on my list. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I was, it would have made the top 12 if they had written it. Yeah. All right. So yeah, Pete Townsend could write a tune, huh? <laughs> yeah, good. Um, my song of note is from the MTV Unplugged album. It's funny because I'm not a huge fan of the original, but I love the feel of the acoustic version. I really, really love the feel of the acoustic version. It's called Sting in the Tail. It was originally on the Sting in the Tail album, but I don't like that version. Hmm. But the MTV Unplugged version, it's acoustic, bluesy, great feel, and I was blown away that this was actually Scorpions. Mm -hmm. The clapping and even the bang, bang, rock with the gang works in this, as it doesn't in the real thing, I think. But I love the vibe, layering of the sound is good, and who thought Klaus could crush blues vocals <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> he can, he, he's an amazing vocalist he can yeah. sing anything but 
I saw this on the list and I'm like, who picked this song? And I wasn't thinking of the acoustic version. Me neither. I'm like, oh, this better be someone's song and note, and they better have explanation <laughs> why this one made the list. Yeah. Let's listen to my song of note. Stinging the tail of an MTV unplugged album by the Scorpions, my song of note. Anyway, that's my song of note. Sting in the tail. I'm just taking some candid photos, so Thank maybe we'll share those. <laughs> good, good pick for a song of note. I think you think you're right. I think it does work better in an acoustic setting. Oh, so much better. It was, yeah. it was not even close in my mind. No, uh, I was like, why is that even on there? But that's yeah, that's a good song. Okay, all right. Let's jump into our dirty dozen, starting with number twelve, which was only on one of our lists, which happened to be mine, and it was my number five. Oh, interesting. Off of Crazy World, it's Wind of Change. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I really had to have it on there. That's your number five? It's my number five. Okay. A big moment for me with German Heritage when the Berlin Wall came down. Mm-hmm. And when the Wind of Change came out, I totally remember it. And I remember sitting there with my mouth dropped mm-hmm. that the whole USSR was folding the wall was coming down. Everything was happening so quickly. And this kind of hit that moment. I mean, this has, if you look at the YouTube on this, if you want to check it out, it's 833 million views for this song. A lot of places around Europe, it's the number one song of all time by the Scorpions. Yeah, absolutely. So It's their most popular song by far. Yeah. If you watch their documentary, Forever in a Day, they interview people and celebrities and a whole bunch of things to talk about the tour that they were going on, which is supposed to be 2011, their final tour, which wasn't mm-hmm. in the documentary. They interviewed Gorbachev in the video. Yeah. Really? You're thinking to yourself, wait, he's still alive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number one, <laughs> yeah. He's still alive. But number two, he's doing a rock documentary, a yeah. documentary and he's involved. It's a really strong ballad. I love the whistling. It's just that kind of, Pulls it, and underneath the guitar is doing this sort of Hendrixian mm-hmm. guitar fills. All right, let's listen to the number 12 song on the official Dirty Dozen for the Scorpions, Wind of Change. We could be so close, like brothers. The future's in the air, can feel it. It's really interesting watching some concerts and watching him do mm-hmm. this in Russia. Yeah. And just when they're like brothers and he's coming out and he's doing mm-hmm. the microphone and everybody's just like, oh my gosh, this is He's a most- great entertainer. And one of the few songs that Klaus wrote by himself. I mean, did the lyrics and the music on this. Rudolph didn't write this. That's why Klaus owns like nine houses worldwide. <laughs> he's worth like $75 million. Well, the great thing about this is he thought that they'd just have to come up with some sort of lick to replace the whistle for the intro and then they couldn't find anything that worked and... And they yeah. kept it in, and it's so iconic yeah, that totally. it totally set them apart. Yeah. There you go. All right. So that's number 12, Wind of Change, off of Crazy World. Now, number 11, mm. we're running into another solo. This is, our, I think, the last one that only one person has on their list. And Jason has this on his list. His number five, go figure, uh, Make It Real off of Animal Magnetism. So, Jason? So this is one of the songs that I really felt like had the best energy very melodic a lot of driving crunchy guitar dual note lead lines which is some of my favorite stuff by the scorpions has some very specific dual note lead guitars so make it real was one of my favorites and i'm just glad it made it on the list but i love this song it's a great song it's probably it's my favorite song probably off that album Mm -hmm. so i agree with you it's a really nice song i love the way the guitars kind of interact too it's it's really great and uh, it'd be redundant to say klaus's vocals are great in it but well this is a herman song Yep. The drummer, he wrote a bunch. Just don't dream your dreams, make them real, go out and work for it. That's kind of his yeah. the crux behind it. I like the verse on this one. The thing that drives me crazy about Scorpion's songs, mm-hmm. some of them, is there's only five words in the entire chorus. Make it real, our fantasy. And he repeats fantasy a couple of times. <laughs> but that's pretty much it. That's the chorus, right? After mm-hmm. the solo's over, 
they go into a verse and there's some trills in there that he's playing on guitar, which is just, oh, I love it. But the intro for me, when I was listening to the guitars, it sounds like when they recorded it, they're just slightly out of tune and I get really nitpicky <laughs> on that with each other. So I don't know if it was just whatever. It, it could be. So, <clears throat> all right, here we go. You got to give them a little bit of a break on their lyrics. Scorpions are never really known for the lyrics. English was their second language. Klaus right. sang the first two albums phonetically. Oh, I know. They wanted to sing in English because they thought rock and roll sounded better in English. I mean, mm -hmm. They were little Richard and, and Elvis fans. Very simple lyrics that they could kind of do and pronounce. And Herman wrote a lot of the lyrics because he spoke the best English. Him and Yuli did. Hmm. Wow. You know, it's... 40 odd years on 50 years on so it's you know they can they're they can hold their own in english probably actually i know they speak it better than i do so let's listen to make it real off of animal magnetism the number 11 song on the countdown I really love the verse on that. It's just so moving. It's so good. I, yeah, I it's like a great it. song. I've always liked that song. Yeah, always liked that song. So, okay, let's move on. Number 10 is off of Crazy World, and it was on Jeff's list, mm -hmm. and it was on my list. Oh, yeah. And it's a ballad called Send Me an Angel. It's a ballad, but I think it's one of Klaus's best vocal performances. That's why it's on my list. Also, because I was getting heat from some friends of mine, that one buddy of mine in particular. Um, who actually turned me on the Scorpions in 1985. But mm -hmm. I wasn't picking enough of the older songs, so I picked the older song. This is from 1990. You know, it was 30 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yeah. But I think this is a really great sounding record. The way the kick only comes in on the second verse, and then they add the snare in very little cymbal. I just think it's a really good sounding song. I think Klaus is amazing on it. Yeah, for me, I like the keys and the repeating portal appreciation with the acoustic is great. Mm -hmm. I love this ballad. Wise men say, just walk this way to the dawn of the light. I mean, it's really good lyrics, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the story, there's two stories. There's stories of one Pavel, P-A-W-E-L, Pavel, who toured with them uh, during, oh, in mm -hmm. the 2000s, I think, who plays bass for them. His mother died, but they had five more shows to play. So he didn't go home. Mm. And they dedicated mm. the song to him. Okay. And then shortly thereafter, Klaus's mother died when they were in Russia. And oh, he wow. didn't go home. And he went and started singing the song. And he looked in the crowd. And there was a big banner, you know, in Russia. And he's like, Klaus, we're with you. And mm. they knew. And this is before the internet or whatever, right. you know, at least like it is today. And he kind of lost it. He, he sung the song. But then afterward, he took the banner and he put it over his head and he cried. Wow. And seeing the emotion, this is one of those songs that wasn't initially on my list, but kind of jumped up. It's just so powerful when you have context behind some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Knowing what the song was about made it better. I love his vocal performance, as you said. Yeah. It's so emotive, this whole song. It's just soaring and just the way he throws that. And I love the harmony, the way Keith Olsen produced it. He was... I think this is the first one he produced after uh, Dieter Dierks left. And yeah, just the Crazy way, World was right after that. Yeah, yeah so the, just the way he he layered in the vocals sound great. And this song, too, we don't... Not in the U.S. I think it was number 30 in the U.S. or something. But across the world, this is, was a huge song. It was in on the charts in France for like eight it's years. interesting. Or like ridiculous. in the olden days, the olden days before <laughs> before Spotify 2004. And, and, and all that, they used to tour and they used to have different sets for where they played and they played mm -hmm. in 80 some odd countries. Mm -hmm. So depending on where they played, right. there were songs that were more popular, uh, like it's like No One Like You or that sort of stuff. Like the heavier stuff was not big anywhere but the US. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of weird to think of it that way. But they have like these big songs that that a lot of people like mm -hmm. that are not for whatever reason, yeah. you know. And, mm -hmm. and and then the same thing the other way, like yeah, like uh, maybe some of you guys don't know "Send Me an Angel," but you'll like it after this, and I, I almost guarantee it. Yeah, I I totally agree. One of the best vocal performances. Uh, it's one of those where when it comes on my iTunes, I'll just sit in the car and and sing it out, even though I I can't sing anywhere near what what Klaus will sing, but. 
Oh, I think you can try. I, I could try, but okay, that would be ahead, unwise. Everybody, Jason, back, everybody. Oh, yeah, wait, no. we, that would be sorely unwise. <laughs> we used to have a karaoke thing we did with some friends, and of course, I never did. My wife did, but um, a couple of Scorpion songs. His wife like, is a phenomenal singer. I by the way. can't sing that high. There's no way I'm going to no try way. this song. It was yeah, a couple of. Them. But anyway, well, you'll send me on Angel. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, it's a great song. It was number twelve on my list. It barely made it in. Yeah, but it's there. Okay, so let's listen to the number 10 song overall off of Crazy World, Send Me an Angel. All right. Remember. Pre-Pro Tools. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. Uh, that was number 10, Send Me an Angel. Now, number nine, which is another solo one. Uh, this is my solo one. Mm, I'm not going to have any solo ones. This was my number three, and none of you bothered to put it on your list. This is your number three song? The, the next one's my number three, and this is off of Taken by Force. Okay. At the Sales of Sharon. Okay. 51 seconds in, you listen to the soundscape. Pass, pass that stuff. The guitar... This song generally is one of the best guitar songs I've heard, period. It almost went higher on my list. That's how much I love this song. Mm, this wow. song would have been higher on my list if it was an instrumental. I get it, but I think both the lyrics and the vocals work. With what the Sharon is and the, the river sticks and it trying did. to get across it. Yuli wrote it himself. He did the music and the lyrics. This is a fantastic guitar song. Neoclassical metal guitar playing started with this song the arpeggios the sweeps and, all that stuff then and the different instrumental parts mm -hmm. as it's moving through not only the style which is true but it's the whole form the it gave birth to the big metal opuses like orion uh, just any long form metal songs it just changed everything and it starts with uli himself i mean he doesn't have a traditional upbringing as a guitar player. Yuli was a flamenco player before anything. Absolutely. So you hear all those pieces in it. And he takes a Middle Eastern vibe with that. Mm -hmm. At the end, if you listen to it on mm -hmm. the fade out, yeah. you can hear him playing flamenco guitar. Yes. Again, people, if you don't know who we're talking about, you have to go look it up. I have a couple quotes on this real go quick. Go ahead. Let's start with Yuli. He said it was about a Michelangelo painting where you have the Sharon, who's the ferryman, who delivers souls to the underground. Across the river sticks, right? So, yeah, across the river sticks. It was also about a person getting into black magic. He said, which I don't believe in. Mm -hmm. Someone who goes the wrong way. Some kind of Darth Vader figure. So you continued on this, this thought. He said, that was the year Star Wars came out. And I saw that. And I said, that's the one. Darth Vader. That's the story of the song. <laughs> yep, exactly. I remember reading that quote, too. <laughs> and it's interesting. If you listen to Metallica, you're a Metallica fan. Kirk Hammett, if he does a guitar solo in his show, you'll hear pieces of the song in there. Interesting. Okay. He's a huge Scorpions fan. Huge Michael Shanker fan. Huge Yuli fan. Yeah, I was surprised to see what a huge influence that Yuli had on rock in general and all these guitarists. It's amazing. Uh, Jason, what about you? Yeah, I first heard the song back with that Platinum compilation album. And I remember I just, I'm listening through all the songs and that one pops up and I go, wow, they just didn't feel like Scorpions to me. It's certainly good. There's certainly a lot of talent there. Um, that's why I didn't make my list. Well, you're 100% correct in that. It's it's not one of their atypical songs. Mm -hmm. stuff. Anyway, let's listen to the number nine song by Scorpions ever, The Sales of Sharon, off of Taking My Force. Let's listen. This is when we're going to do a second clip real quick so you can hear a little bit of the vocals. They have a really cool stutter later on in that song. Where they the break yeah. the break, yeah, the break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love when they can stop on a dime. Yep. All right. So that was number nine. 
a sales of Chiron. So let's move to number eight, which was on Jeff and my list. Mm -hmm. and no Jason on this one. This is off of the Love Drive album, and it's your number four. It's another piece of meat, mm -hmm. which I love a lot, but I'll let you go with it because you have the higher ranking. All right, here we go. Everybody hold on to your hats. Get so, ready. I'm Love ready. Drive. I'm ready. I got my pants up. I'm so ready to roll. Let's Love go. Drive is an, is an anomaly record to me in the Scorpion. You know, they say it's what broke them out, but one of the reasons for that is... Michael Schenker came back for this album. So Yuli left at the same time Michael left UFO. So they asked him if they could come and help him with the album. This is Michael's album from start to finish. So he actually played a solo on, I think, five of the seven songs or whatever's on this record. Uh, I have to go back and check. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So he did it on Coast to Coast, Holiday, Loving You, Sunday Morning, and Love Drive. And another piece of me. And this, yeah, another, this one, of course. So, which means that he wrote all those songs. Like, they weren't known anywhere outside of, of Germany. Scorpions weren't very popular at all. So Rudolph asked Michael if he could take the writing credit for the songs. And Michael said, sure, what, what the heck, might, might as well. He did get solo credits for, on the original album, for three of the songs, the solo, lead guitar on such and such. Mm -hmm. Well, when the 50th anniversary came out, Michael caught wind and looked at the thing, and he wasn't on the album anywhere. So Oops. Michael now plays all those songs in concert and lets everybody who will listen to him that my brother's a jerk. He's ripped everybody off. That's why Herman left. That's why Francis left. And these are my songs, and this is what I'm playing. And this is one of the ones that he he wrote pretty much the same entire album. I love the solo in this. I love the drive in this song. This has kind of changed them into more of the the poppy metal side of it. If that's not really the right word, the poppy hard rock of where they were going, as opposed to the Sales of Sharon or the other earlier stuff. This kind of takes it in that direction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The driving riff that leads off the song is great. Gives you like Sabbath Zeppelin type of feel mm -hmm. in the, so I kind of like it. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's go. Don't put on a show. You're just another piece of meat. Solars and fills are really good. I like it a lot. Even though, of course, this is Michael Schenker doing the solos. And But as you said before, it's really interesting. I mm -hmm. have this quote from Michael Schenker. And let's listen. The Scorpions, you know, Rudolf especially, he, he copied all the way I wrote songs. He had no clue what to do, you know. Mm -hmm. he, he didn't know anything, but he watched what I did. And I got Klaus in the band for him because mm -hmm. he had nothing to offer on the guitar anyway. He couldn't have gotten Klaus because Klaus wouldn't have, well, what, do you, what do I do with you? <laughs> it's just like, but I brought him in, you know, and I was six and a half years younger than Rudolf, but they credited themselves for my composition, mm. uh, which I didn't, you know, didn't notice before, but I kind of figured it out just recently, you know, when I looked back. Um, the Scorpions always knew, and I personally think that they profited. Every step I made, they profited because they were always linked to me. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's put this out on the table. Michael's nuts, okay? And, and everybody knows that. He's been leaning into that lately because Rudolph did him wrong in his eyes, but this band did promote, if you look at the album charts, nothing charted before this album. Hmm. Right, so he might have a point to make. He also is bitter, and he also is kind of crazy. Michael, if you're listening, I love you, but you are nuts. <laughs> As I said, phenomenal guitar player, though. So. Yeah, well, he's my favorite. So if we, we he's can, my second favorite. Oh, he's my favorite guitar player of all time. So I know you're a big yeah. UFO fan. So if you want to, yeah. if you want to talk Michael Schenker, we can talk that all night long. No, no, no. And I almost already have. So um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it in the Her Scorpions context. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, so Herman Herman wrote the lyrics on this, which Herman tends to write more of the lyrics about girls. <laughs> then he did write a lot of lyrics. He, he did write a lot of lyrics, and he wrote a lot of these types. Herman said, if it's a love song, it's probably Klaus. If it's about sex and deviation, you know, the, the baser impulses of humanity, it's probably me. Yep. <laughs> yep. And we might have a few of those songs that, that make the list a little later. That right. well, another piece of meat is right up there. There you go. Yep. Yep. It was one that I really liked. The only reason it didn't make my list is it would have had to have bounced something else out. So yep. it's a it's yep. a great track. All right. So another piece of meat, the number eight song off a of love drive by Scorpions. Okay, that was number eight, another piece of meat. Yeah, it's interesting. Klaus's vocals usually have, at least to my ear, a very rounded tone to them, The way, probably the way it was mixed or the way the effects were put on them. But that song, they have a way, way more distortion. It's definitely a harsher vocal sound that I'm used to hearing. From it's them. really interesting. I kind of think like the whole thing that happened uh, during Blackout, right? Before Where, Blackout. Yeah, right before Blackout. As, mm -hmm. as they were recording Blackout, he lost his voice and he had to go through all these vocal right. surgeries. 
And I wonder if his tone... Well, listen to Blackout. And it's, it. Blackout's, yeah. His tone on Blackout's the same as it is on Love Drive. Yeah, that's probably true. Right. right? Yeah. So he does that vocal distortion when he needs to. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sign of a you know good singer, a right? Very talented can, singer. They can they can do that distortion when they need to, right. and when they do semi angel, there's none of it, right? Right. So yeah. No, that's true. Fair yeah. enough. That was that was uh, number eight. Uh, another piece of meat. Good, Beauty. good, good song. All right, the next song is our last song, only by one person, and it's a song that oh, I didn't have it on my list. Jason, you didn't have it wow, on your list. Wow, I got one of mine on. Wow, look at that. And it's your number one song. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which is number seven overall, off of Love and First Thing. Still loving you. guys you. didn't have this on your list? Nope. Wow. Nope. This is their best song. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a good opinion, but... <laughs> it's Well, it's the correct opinion. I mean, that's fine. You can say what you want. This is a great song. I mean, it's the epitome of a rock ballad, how quiet it starts, the big, thick guitars at the end when the band comes in. Yeah, this is probably their best song. It'll be interesting to see what your number one song is, because you'll be, you know, obviously incorrect. Because we'll be wrong, right? But yeah, I, mean, I didn't want to use the word wrong, but you'd be incorrect. But yes, this is a great song. I think it's probably their best. Is it the song that I listen to all the time? No. I listen to some of the deeper cuts and some of the ones that won't be on the list. This is shocking to me that I was the only one that had this on our list. Yeah, I mean, it's an emotional song. It was in my top 20, I guess. It's hard with the Scorpions because they have the two sides of the coin, which they have their harder songs and they have their ballads. And at a certain point, for me, it was Wind of Change was above this for me. That was just my, my opinion mm-hmm. based on what we talked about right. before. A couple other things in there, too. Yeah. You can't discount them because it's a no, ballad. No, no, I'm with you, but I like their harder stuff quite a bit, too. True. So I can just go all ballad and be like, okay, these are all good songs. Because they, they write ballads well, as your point, mm-hmm. right. your point was yep. taken. It gets heavy in the chorus, which is solid. I love the guitar warble before the payoff on I'm Loving You. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. And it's it's a good emotive performance. It just kind of missed my list. This is really kind of close. It's, it's a good tune. Yeah, I have to admit, this wasn't even close for me. Mm-hmm. My exposure to Scorpions mm-hmm. is stuff that's got you know massive amounts of energy. Right. It's got a certain drive to it. Mm-hmm. And to be quite frank, clearly I've heard it. I enjoy it. Sure. Like if I'm thinking of possible number ones, and there's a lot. I struggle with number one quite yeah, a bit. I'm with you. It wasn't in that short list. Wow. No. Yeah. Well, we'll be, it'll be interesting to see what you guys' number one is. It's very interesting. I mean, this there's three or four songs that could have been my number one. But I'm like, you know what? To be honest, to take out my my uh, my bias towards some of the heavier stuff, I'm like, this is probably their best written song to me, anyway. I think Jeff didn't want the solo after I told him what number it was. Well, it, it's fine. <laughs> I didn't. I was I was I know I was hoping it was you know, you know something else. I mean, this charted higher than anything else you guys are gonna have on your list. So uh, not we're not really it's number three in no. France. Well, France, that's France. In Belgium, not in the U.S. <laughs> Another right. ballad that's doing well outside of the U.S. Go figure. Sold 100 million albums. <laughs> anyway, let's listen to Still Loving You off the Scorpions, Love and First Thing. This is the number seven song on the countdown. That was number seven. Still loving you. No, it's, it's a solid, really solid song. Obviously, yep. Apparently not. <laughs> well, hey, it made the list. And as I said, we You're talked welcome. about the forty. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> there you go. If it weren't for Jeff, no one would have heard that song. <laughs> That's right. Not on this podcast. And Jeff's not going to like it because the number six song he didn't pick <laughs> oh. at all. And it's on an album he doesn't like. Oh no! <laughs> if it, it's the zoo, and you guys are wrong. But no. it's okay. Go on. <laughs> no. It's funny about that, but let's that's not the album. That's not the one we're gonna do. Number six is off of Savage Amusement. Oh, okay. Which one is it? It's the rhythm of love. Really? You put rhythm of love ahead of still loving you. It was number I got you to say this the entire to rest away. It was <laughs> Jason had it as number four and I had it as my number nine. So Jason, you have the floor, my friend. Since I I ranked it higher, it's the dynamic of, especially during the chorus where you've got the space. And I'm I'm a huge fan of space and music and what that space communicates. So you've got these big punches, all of a sudden the rest of the instruments, you know, mute, and then you get this drum hit, and then the rest of the instruments come back in. It's a hugely dynamic song. It just was one of the ones that just listened to it, and it just reaches out and grabs you, for me. The intro riff only coming from that left speaker when it starts off in a bit distance, that kind of lifted the song for me right from the beginning on it. 
And the verse is well delivered and flows in the pre-chorus section. I really like, and mm -hmm. it, it's really good. Chorus is catchy and easy to sing, although there's that ZZ Top tone kind of thing that you kind of hear from the guitar. It's sort of their uh, afterburner tone. Instrumental break works good. I would have loved the full-blown solo on this, but whatever. Love the way they end it soft. Kind of a great feel. <laughs> it's interesting. Just Let's just step back for a minute. When we're talking about Scorpions, the way that they put their covers together and the way they put their music videos together, I was watching the music video for Rhythm of Love, and what they do is they have these girls face down, butts in the air, in the bass drums. <laughs> so let's not talk album covers. Oh, the album covers, like, uh, yeah, of course, like Virgin Killer, right? Let's not talk yeah. album covers. I, I was like, I, how do they, how so do they, they get were away pushing with the it? envelope All on right, album covers. All right, here we go. I'm, I'll defend them. They had no say in it. So, um, you ever play the game Florida or Germany? We read some crazy thing and you decide whether it happened in Florida or Germany. So I'll tell That's you something. That's not fair. I'm offended. So let me, I am woke. So let me tell I'm you. I'm feeling woke. So, uh, record company. A uh, photographer takes his prepubescent daughter, nude. Well, this is Virgin Killer. Takes a album, picture of her and puts her on the cover. Yeah. Is that Germany or Florida? <laughs> it's Germany. Yeah, they, they had nothing against it. One of Yuli's quotes on that was, he's ashamed of it. He was young and didn't fight back enough at the time when it came out. But it's it's one of the blights of his career is that he let that album cover get out. Yeah. And yeah. Like the animal magnetism, you know, just it will smell the glove. Yeah, it is. It, it smells the glove. It, it smells the glove. That's yeah. what they, it smells the glove. It it, it's the pretty glove. much a guy standing up, and there's a Doberman pincher. Yeah, and there's a girl kneeling before him. Right. <laughs> yeah. it, well, we talked about the scorpions definitely in the '80s podcast, mm -hmm. and the fact that that was so much in line with what happened in Spinal Tap. Yeah, it was all in scorpions. this video. I mean, Joan Severance is in this. I think it's the first thing she ever did. I mean, how would I know that? I don't know. <laughs> They did exploit way more than they should have. Yeah, I, as I said, they were German. They didn't know anybody. We can't blame their nationality. They were German. That's that's the answer for everything from this point on is they were no, German. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's, un it's unfortunate that there's not a, a good moral compass <laughs> association with Germany. I don't know. For what reason, I don't know. Yeah. I don't... It's all right. They, they, they do have a history. They do have I a history. I think they may. I don't know. Yeah, you know. I was looking forward to this album. The song came out. And it was like, okay, this is kind of cool, but Rhythm of Love. I wanted to not put it on my list, but every time I heard it, I liked it, and I kept singing along, and I can't stop it, and mm -hmm. I had to put it on my list, so that's yeah. why Rhythm of Love made it. It was never not going to be on my list. A couple things that I remember standing out were the guitar lines over the instrumental between the chorus and the verse. It wasn't that complicated of a guitar line, but it just it fit perfectly. Yeah, it wasn't a solo, per se, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was just it was in, in an interlude, but it fit perfectly with the chord progression. And then I'm always impressed by the tenor vocal range of certain individuals, Klaus in particular, and just the fact that some of the notes he was hitting during the chorus just, just blew me away. And so I think for those among other reasons, it had to be way up there for me. Okay. So let's listen to the number six overall, Rhythm of Love of a Savage Amusement. Jeff rides over here. <laughs> yeah. Everyone can make a mistake. Uh, Even two out of three people can make a mistake. Yeah. It's not a mistake. <laughs> that said, nobody here batted a thousand on their list. So, uh, right. So, well, well, I did. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Something tells me when we get to the part where we all have the songs that should have been on there and we're all going to be a little uh, ornery. And we're all going to have a few to talk about. <laughs> well, that's the idea. At the end of this, we're going to yeah. talk about one song that was supposed to be on there that wasn't. So Rhythm of Love, that's our number six song for Savage Amusement. Now, number five, this is one that everybody had on their list. No way. We actually had one that everybody agreed on? I think we're going to have a few as we yeah. move on. Wow. Okay, good. Um, this one is off of the In Trance album. It's In Trance. And it's In Trance. Yeah, yeah there you go. Jeff yep. had the highest. It was his number six. Was it number six? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah, it's a great song. Kind of a Scorpions formula. It starts off quiet, big, heavy power chords. Mm -hmm. You know, Rudolph's rhythm tone, I love. It's just so thick and fat, mm -hmm. and Klaus's vocals on this were great. It's a super moody song. It's a great song. It goes in and out. I really like it. 
Yeah, and the chorus is catchy. The bass and rhythm sections really play well, I think. Yuli's fills, love it. Lifts the song, especially in the verse, for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. There's some interesting doubling in the effects on the vocal and the breakdown, which was a little off for me, but they were still really good. I love the scales that Yuli's using after that breakdown. He's really out there, but he does such a great job with it. Yeah, it's that Richie Blackmore kind of classical piece that yeah. you're throwing in those yeah. certain scales and stuff that not yeah. a lot of people are doing. For at me, the time. I was like, oh wow, what's that? What's that? And what's he's that? a huge Hendrix guy too. Yeah. I mean, so there's there's that mix kind of in between. And I love the dynamic shifts in this tune. The solo's melodic, but the trills and the outbursts are good, although it's not like a shredder solo. Klaus is just the, the word you'll hear me use over and over again with Klaus. What defines me for him is emotive. Mm. He makes you feel the lyric. He does. Better than most people. And he has that background singer, Kathe, who is some German singer that he has a singing background for him on this. Mm-hmm. I really like what you bring to the table. It's great. Yeah, for me, the chorus made this piece. I mean, if it weren't for the chorus and the way that it was designed, I probably wouldn't have made my list. But the syncopation of the instruments versus straight up melody line of the vocals, that combination for me just, it locked me in. And I was like, this is amazing. To the fact that you can do two different things with instruments and vocalization and have it work that well together. Plus the vocals are blended and the amount of notes that they're hitting, they really are using their voices as an instrument. And to me, that always picks out a song for me is when voices are being used not just to sing a line in a rock song, but actually as an instrument. I can listen to that chorus over and over again. It's fantastic. And there's an organ in that song. There's a there's a keyboard and, and an organ part in that song. Must and have that, been a mistake. <laughs> must have been a mistake. And when it's I heard that, o- I'm like, aha! It's an oversight. It's a, good, it's a good keyboard. It's not just an 80s keyboard. It's an actual organ. So 1975, this was recorded. There you go. So let's listen to our number five, Entrance. Off of Entrance. It's solid. That's a great tune. That's our number five, In Trance, off of In Trance. All right, so let's move to number four, which is just two people have on their list. This is my number four and Jason's number three, and Jeff did not have it on his list, which I can't (laughs) believe. This is off of the Love at First Sting album, and it's Big City Nights. Strong opening riff with the bass. I love hearing the two guitars, band, and stereo. Uh, the chorus is just Big City, Big City Nights, but it's easy to remember and people kind of pull it off. The guitar fills in this are just great. It's about them having fun on the road. It's when they hit the States, the German guys, this was a whole nother world that they jumped. Because they went when they jumped in, they were on the ACDC tour, I think. They played with Nugent, and they, I think it was Nugent, ACDC were headlining, and they were the third on the... Which tour? The first one they came over the United States. Okay. That was after Love Drive, yeah. yeah so it would Drive. have been whoever's going around. Probably Nugent was one of them, yeah, and yeah. ACDC and stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. Those are the three they came on with. But they went into that world. They didn't come to the United States and start playing clubs. They started playing stadiums. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're like in levels of opportunity for a guy, for a young 20s guy, as Herman would always say. <laughs> I was a young 20s guy. I'm here. There, I, there's no woman who says no anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like all of a sudden like some people were totally into it it's interesting that that klaus is is married for forever and this is like 76 or yeah something, yeah he's been like married that. and he's been a one-woman guy for the whole time wow which is amazing seeing at the debauchery that impressive for a rock star yeah and i don't think rudolph's ever been married he's yeah. 72 yeah so and klaus has been married for 50 years almost, yeah i know it's right? amazing so anyway jason for me, it was the intro that really just grabbed me on this one. You realize it's going to be something special. The uh, guitar line over the, the interlude before the verse plays that major sixth note. It's a driving song. It's big and energetic. And it was one of those that could not miss my list. Yeah, yeah. It was a big song for them. Huge. Yeah. And Jason, you had it as your number three. So this is obviously a big song. It's my number four. And it's the number four, actually. So I got it right on this one for some reason. So let's listen to the number four song, Big City Nights, off of Love It First Thing. Let's listen. Okay, that was number four, Big City Nights. Big thundering chord song. Power rock songs. Yep, and that's what that is. 
And one of the things that I'm really seeing here in the top half of our list is Klaus's ability to bend his vocal note. There are songs where he treats his vocal note like a guitar string that just bends. He's consistently bending that note all the way up. It's not like he's skipping steps either. He's not yeah. skipping fractions of steps. He's just bending it all the way up. The vocal control that he's got is incredible. Yeah, he doesn't come flat on anything. Mm -mm. It's nope. just right on you. All right. So let's move to our top three. Like I got number four correct. Jeff got number three correct. Thank well, God. <laughs> Jeez. Everybody had this on the list. What, number 12 or 13? What were you guys at? <laughs> this is my number six and Jason's number seven and your number three. This is off of the Blackout album. And it's, it's Blackout. Blackout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're in a hard rock or heavy metal in the 80s, you had, you had Killers, right? You had Blackout. You had Back in Black. I mean, this was one of the albums that you had in your collection. This sounded like really nothing before. The big, heavy guitars in this. Rudolph had a quote years ago that I remember reading. He said that, I write the songs and Matthias makes some hits. Mm. Right? So it's those lead little parts in there that really add more to the melody of the song. Again, being redundant, Klaus's vocals are amazing in it. But it's just the thickness and the heavy of this song and the way it comes out of the gate. This has to be on the list. And it, it was. was. This is a great Scorpion song, one of their best. Definitely very high up there. The story behind it, they had an evening when they were on tour. They had it with a Judas Priest guitarist and a lot of alcohol. And they visited Def Leppard's room. And the last thing Schenker remembers was pouring beer on the TV and destroying <laughs> it and leaving. But he goes, but anyway, it was so crazy the next morning when I woke up in my hotel room, I was discussing with Herman. And he said, I had a blackout. And I said, blackout? Hey, you know, that's a good title for a song. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and that's how that song was born. Rudolph said, I sat at home and I made the song. And then I went to Klaus and he came up with the lyrics for it. Yeah. For me, I think maybe if I was exposed to the Scorpions at 82, when I was 11. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may have been there, but I wasn't. Right. Even though I was exposed to it later, it was such a big song anyway. The screaming at the end, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the glass breaking or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. Love it. Jason? Anything? Yep. For me, the guitar lines in between the lines of the chorus sells it. The whole thing is an incredible song. I mean, it was one of those that I just didn't feel like right. I could leave out. No, no, no. It's a great song. I just love the, the rhythm guitar. Just tone in this is great for me. Mm -hmm. It just strikes a chord with me, literally and figuratively. All right. Let's listen to number three. We're moving, moving right along here. Number three, Blackout off of Blackout. Let's listen. Okay, that's Blackout number three. Yeah, it's a great song. If you see, you guys, I don't think I've ever seen them live Streaming. in person. I have not seen them in they person. They put on a fabulous show. And I remember I saw them in the forum. Yeah, probably Savage Amusement. Probably, some, probably like 1989, 90. We were stage right. And right, like looking right down the stage. And they almost canceled a concert because Rudolph hurt his back. Like okay. he couldn't walk. So he's usually jumping all around. And they raised up out of the stage. Rudolph just stood there the entire time. But when playing this song, they always play it a little bit faster than it is on the album. <laughs> it's just watching them play it. It's just it's great. So going to see Scorpions now, it's a little different. They're in their early seventies, late sixties. But but it is that, interesting. It they were supposed to do a residency in Vegas. A I year had my ago. hotel booked. Uh, but they're doing it this year, yeah. supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. They haven't said it's still the COVID thing. Uh, but this, hope so. This, but yeah, me, um, buddy and I are going to go. I, I had a hotel room booked. We just waiting out. We were. I was hesitating, waiting to buy tickets. Let me see where we're going to go. How much do we want to spend? And then they canceled it. So yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. That's that's always disappointing. That's right. We'll come back. Hopefully, yeah. none of them die from old age before. Anyway, that was at number three. Almost done. Two more left. Of course, the next two everybody had on their list, which is not a surprise by anything. Yeah. Uh, let's since we're on blackout, let's stick with blackout. This is my number two. This is Jason's number one, and this is Jeff's number five. Yep. No one like you, Jason. Take it away. It's your number one. You know, it was a really hard choice between "Rocky Like a Hurricane" and "No One Like You." They were both iconic Scorpion songs. And if I thought of Scorpions, it would be one of those two. But "No One Like You," I think, had a better guitar riff. Was more melodic. The rhythm was was fantastic. I really enjoy the dual note guitar solos that the Scorpions put in a lot of their songs. Great blend back and forth between clean and distorted guitars. Some fantastic musical space in the chorus, as I talked about musical space before. So for me, this was a clear number one. Yeah, upfront guitar on this tune. The lead just 
right off the bat with a good crunch. The arpeggiated chords and Klaus is just singing, it's whatever. The chorus hits with those thundering guitars. It's really catchy. In the U.S., this was arguably their best song, so I can see how you would put that there. This was your number one? It was. Got it. And uh, this is my number two, but I've always, I remember listening to this and uh, just, it blew me away. Um, and also, I think MTV, to some degree, has a, a big staple in why. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Why, why yeah. the song was so huge. Filmed at Alcatraz. And, and I'm a child of MTV. Yeah. Oh, my God, so yeah. amazing. Where I was, hitting puberty, loving the stuff. <laughs> Easy. This is a great song. I mean, it, it really is. It's number, I think it was my number five. Your five, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Blackout and No One Like You pretty much made them in the U.S., right? This was Those were the two songs, right? We had the heavier one, and then this is the quieter one. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a good bookend for that album. I think it got them on the S Festival, so. Yeah, fantastic song. This is our number two, No One Like You, off of Blackout. Let's listen. I want to hear the solo on that. I do too. I think it's one of the, one of the better solos that, that they did. Yeah, it was I really think. good. It was just later in the song, so it's kind of... All right, that was number two, No One Like You. And our number one was each of our... This was my number one song. Number this, two. This was Jeff's number two, and this was Jason's number two. So we kind of were right on on this one. Rocky Like a Hurricane off of Love at First Sting. I, I think I mentioned this in the 80s podcast when we talked about this that Rudolph said, he goes, the lyric goes, the bitch is hungry, she needs to tell, so give her inches and feed her well. And the funny thing is that girls are talking about Rocky Like a Hurricane. He goes, oh, I love that song, Rocky Like a Hurricane. <laughs> and he thinks it's the funniest thing because if they've ever paid attention to the lyrics. Right. It's Clearly problematic. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, can, you ever, can you imagine anyone writing a song like that in this day and age? I don't know. Have you heard a rap song in the past four minutes? Exactly. But, if you're in that genre. Yeah. Not only was the lyrics racy, the video with David Mallet, uh, over-sexualized video of uh, women in panther suits and stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but scorpions are in the cage, right? So you, you know, yeah. that's a little, wasn't that the argument in the Spinal Tap? It's like, but yeah, what was, what was the argument? But she was, but she was smelling the glove, which meant that yeah, he was trying to spin yeah. it a different way, right? Yeah, it's like, but but the girls were outside; they were trapped in the cage. <laughs> The solo is great, uh, and the intro and vocal. I love when it goes into the vocals and drums only section. Yeah, out of mm -hmm. that, it's just so powerful, and and yeah. you can actually hear the effects that they put on the drums. The reverse reverb. Yeah, yeah, it's a great song. It's, it's a simple song. It's a melodic song, and it's a heavy song, right? Yeah. My, my only critique is that you got the order backwards. <laughs> All right, let's listen to the number one song by the Scorpions, "Rock You Like a Hurricane" off of "Love It First Thing." Something blessed them when they came up with that. I, I just I listened to that. And I remember the quote by uh, Klaus. He goes, only a German who could come up, or maybe it was Rudolph, only a German could come up with Rock You Like a Hurricane. <laughs> I know. They don't even have it. Yeah. I'm thinking back to that game about Florida or Germany. Yeah. Florida definitely did not write that song. <laughs> yeah, they, they could have. It would have been, actually, it would have been more, uh, more apropos. But it's a great song. I mean, it's their... It's their biggest song and their their best song, depending on who you ask. It almost fits that where Matthias makes it a hit. It's basic power chords, but th that beginning little solo piece and the, the little staccato stuff he does. Absolutely huge point. But don't forget about Rudolph, too. The chords, like you were talking before about Blackout, but the chords, the power of those chords in Rocky Like a Hurricane are just so thunderous. Yeah, I love Rudolph's rhythm tone i really mm -hmm. and it's it's pretty much a flying v for 50 volt 50 yeah, yeah, yeah. Marshall. yeah it's pretty much basic what it's interesting to think about bands where the rhythm guitar player is driving so much of it scorpions maybe you could argue acdc the rhythm guitar player is yeah. the very subtle star of the show it's not someone who gets all necessarily all the attention 
But if you listen, without their creativity, without their input, they wouldn't be who they are. So yeah, yeah Malcolm writes, you know, wrote most of all the songs in ACDC. Rudolph writes most of them for Scorpions. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But Rudolph wanted to be a rock star. That was the, the tension between him and his brother. His brother mm-hmm. wanted to be a musician, and Rudolph wanted to be a rock star. All right, let's run through what our 12 was. Winds of Change off of Crazy Roll was number 12. Make It Real for Animal Magnetism, 11. Number 10, Send Me an Angel off of Crazy World. Number 9, Sales of Sharon off of Taken by Force. Number 8, Another Piece of Meat off of Love Drive. Number 7, Still Loving You off of Love at First Sting. Number 6, Rhythm of Love off of Savage Amusement. Number 5, In Trance off of In Trance. Number four, Big City Nights off of Love at First Sting. Number three, Blackout off of Blackout. Two, No One Like You. And number one, Rock You Like a Hurricane. Now, there were some songs that we missed on our list, and I'm going to give each of you an opportunity. Let's just first of all tell you what missed. Uh, Jason's number six, Alien Nation, did not make the list. Uh, Do you like Alien Nation for the song or for the Elvis song at the end? No, for the song. <laughs> Do you know the Elvis song at the end? The hidden song? I don't, know. Okay, so you got to listen to Alien Nation at like the seven-minute mark or something, so there's a okay. four-minute gap. The songs, if you look on the album, it's nine minutes long. Okay. Song's three minutes or four minutes, and then there's a three-minute gap, and then there's an Elvis Hidden song in that track. Wow. Back. It's actually pretty good. I've never, it's, I never knew that. Marie's her name is, uh, Marie's the name okay, is well, on there. Okay, let's just list them off, and then we pick which song no, we're talking No, I'm going to talking. Don't cut me off. I'm going to get this where you get my Scorpions <laughs> trivia. Uh, Jeff's number seven, Holiday. Oh, that's a good song. Uh, How can you not uh, Jason, put Holiday in your list? Jason's number eight. I can tell you why if you want to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, believe believe in love is uh jason's number the eight best ballad that the scorpions ever did and my number eight the zoo didn't make it which is amazing to me actually jeff's number eight love drive didn't make it will burn the sky which didn't make it either uh which is jeff's and dynamite was my number 10 that didn't make anybody's list loving you sunday morning uh which was jason's mm-hmm. right of your time which was jeff's tease me please me which was jason's speedy's coming which is jeff's and He's a woman, she's a man, which was Jason's. Okay, Jeff, pick one song that you want to talk about. You can talk about one. How about Wilbur in the Sky? Okay. Great song. Got a little bit of trivia behind it, so I'll tell you. The lyrics were written by a woman named Monica Daneman. Do you know who Monica Daneman was? Yeah, it was Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix's girlfriend. girlfriend, Really? Who is, which was Yuli's partner for... The, from before this time, a couple of years, till when she died in like 2005. Yeah. She was the last person to see Jimi Hendrix alive. Wow. He took nine of her sleeping pills, which was 18 times the dose oh, for yeah. a normal person. Yeah. She wasn't in the house. She had left, so she says. Yeah, she was Jimmy's girlfriend, or at least one of his girlfriends as he was touring Europe. So that song is actually about him. Uh, if you read the lyrics, yep. Rudolph wrote the song and then gave it to Klaus to put some lyrics on top. He's like, I really can't come with a thing. Then they gave it to Yuli, and Yuli gave it to Monica, and she's like, oh, I have this poem that I wrote about Jimmy. And what? so they put it on top. I think that's a really good song, and so that's why I threw it in there. Okay. Jason, what song do you want to talk about? I think for me, it would be Alien Nation. And I ran into Alien Nation. I yep. literally just stopped in my tracks and went, wow. The immense power of that song, Klaus's vocal range, mm-hmm. the pumping bass notes, even just the, the half-step you know, notes from the guitar in between the intro and the first verse. The guitar tone was something that I really picked up on. It was classic early 90s guitar tone. For but it me, was really deep and heavy. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it, it was really, really yeah. fat. Like for, so for me, I'm my, my favorite Van Halen album is for Unlawful Carl Knowledge, and I, I heard a lot of similarities. What does that stand? What if you initialize that? What? <laughs> <laughs> the, there were similarities in the guitar tone, which kind of really drew me into that early '90s, you know, how rock evolved into the early '90s. But yeah, I, I was sadly surprised it didn't make it. Well, what was uh, what's one you want to talk about? Okay, I will talk. Let's see. Uh, let me talk about. I could talk about. Uh, let me talk about the zoo. Just because it was such a big song, and I was kind of shocked that it wouldn't be in there. Uh, Rudolph came up with it while sitting in front of the TV watching a tornado alarm, and Klaus came up with the lyrics because the record label exec said, here, we're going to take you to the zoo, and he took them down to a bunch of clubs on 42nd Street, New York. And I know 42nd Street, New York. I know New York. So that always kind of has a hit for me. Yep. I love the chug, the chugging guitar on this, right? I mean, it's in my top 15, right? right? I mean, it's just... The only detractor on this song for me, mm-hmm. uh, it was my number eight, was, uh, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of the talk box, but I, I get mm. it. It, it, it works. It wor- it, it works for the song. Right. It works for the song, totally does. The heavy guitars, the pick slides on the intro, I even like, the vocal hookiness in the chorus. 
It's almost like a lounge delivery, actually, the way he goes about it. I like I, the drums of too, the start and stops. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, yeah. It, it's a huge song, and I I love the song, and I, I think it would be remiss for talking about uh, a Scorpions podcast without even mentioning the zoo, so I'm just going to mention it here. Can we mention Holiday and Love Drive? And no. Nope. Oh, <laughs> you guys left off? That's it. So this was a lot of fun. It thank was great. You. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Thank you very Perfect. much. Thank and you. this is, I love the three people. Uh, but I think it just comes together. I think when you get three people together with a list, it comes together with the the best oh, list. Absolutely for mm-hmm. yeah for yeah, everybody. Yeah. Whether it's the diehard no, Scorpions fun. fan, yeah. The, yeah. the the hard rocker fan, or the keyboard player. Right. <laughs> you kind of going to get the yeah. vibe of it. Yeah. So, hey, so what do you mean the keyboard player? <laughs> well, it's just interesting to see all your mistakes and that you left off. No, no, go. no. Yeah. It's in all fairness, Jason is younger by almost ten years than anybody anybody on this. Mm, more than <laughs> Yeah, no, no, at least 10 years. That's, yeah, I'm okay, try- that's good. I'm, Jason I'm, is at least three years younger than I am. <laughs> he, he's at least a year younger than me. So yeah, at, least, at least three years younger, if I if I want to be, if I can I will be, be 40 years old at some point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay, so it's more than 10. Oh, well, thank thank you guys both for being no, here. No, no, thank you for having and, me. And, and having Jeff on so a, much a Scorpions podcast is just what you need to do. And Jason, you always bring some such good thought and musical composition and plus since you're giving that sort of purview that you from a you have a great musical mind and if anybody ever needs a keyboard player to play in one of these big bands the scorpions you need a keyboard player to go call jason whack absolutely i appreciate you listening if you made it this far into the podcast subscribe subscribe do all that stuff but you know notification bell but do me a favor do me a favor (laughs) share maybe one person or share it on your facebook or share it somewhere instagram twitter twitch i don't know how you would do that but I'm making a game and then say, this is, this is the game that I will play and I'm playing a game and listen to a podcast and share it on Twitch. Go for it. (laughs) But no, thank you so much for being a part of this. It's a blessing to me and to all of us that you took the time to listen to this in my heart. I'm so thankful for every one of you. So please comment on Facebook. That's where we generally do most of our comments. But if you want to like the actual podcast itself, you can. And you can post it there too, and I won't see it, uh, but well, I'll see it immediately on Facebook. Please be part of the community. Love you guys. And I'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, this is fun. Thanks. This is great. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. God bless.